Hello and welcome to Security Leaders, the podcast where we speak to security managers, chief security officers, specialists, and professionals from across the security spectrum. I'm Neil Sutton, editor of Canadian Security Magazine. My guest for this episode is Brian Hamilton, healthcare system engineer for Omnigo and president-elect for the International Association for Healthcare Security and Safety. In addition to his work at Omnigo and IAHSS, Brian also teaches at Fleming and Seneca Colleges and hosts three separate podcast series. Brian was also named to Canadian Security's Top 10 Under 40 list last year. I recently caught up with Brian to find out more about his security career and the projects that are helping to keep him so busy. First, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Commissioners. We are integrated very much into the experience, if you will, of a patient once he or she enters the facility. Whether it's the post orders or the way in which the public interacts with facilities and services, that all has remarkably changed in a very short order. We do, from Commissioner's standpoint, uh, rely heavily on things like nonviolent crisis intervention training and gentle persuasive training. Uh, those things that are more what I would consider to be soft skills and, and interaction oriented capabilities that we develop within our member base. I'm Bob Ferguson, CEO for New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island Division of Commissioners. To learn more, visit commissioners.ca. Brian, um, tell me when you first became interested in a career in security and, and how did you get that started? Well, really, I, I got it started, uh, it would have been around 16, actually over 16 years ago now. So at the time, I just needed to get into a new field. I was thinking law enforcement might be something I'd like to try my hand at. So I got involved in the security field by doing training. I did a month-long training pro, uh, program with a company. I, I'm not sure if they're still around anymore, but it was secu- the Center for Security Management and Training. So I went there, did a month-long training program, got my first job working mall security at a, at a mall in Scarborough. I, I worked there for a couple of years, got into a supervisory role, and then I got my first opportunity in healthcare, which, uh, which was really kind of the game changer for me. So just tell us a bit about how you, what your early roles looked like and maybe what your ambitions were in security and, and how you decided to advance your career. Uh, again, my first experience was in a, was as a frontline security officer in a mall setting. So again, very dynamic environment, got an opportunity to, to, to experience a lot of different things. I, I wanted to get into more of a, a Monday to Friday environment. At the time I was getting married and I didn't want to work. I was working two and three weekends at the time. So I ended up getting a, a Monday to Friday desk role which led to me quickly getting a, a supervisory role at that same site. Now, you know, there was a lot going on. So I, I got a lot of great experience there as well, working with access card systems, uh, things of that nature. And then I had the opportunity to work in, in a healthcare environment. So I got my first experience working as a, in healthcare, working as a, a casual security guard at University Health Network. So I worked across, uh, you know, two of our sites. And, and again, healthcare was a totally different, different ballgame. So you, you know, you're interacting with patients, you're seeing people at their best, you're seeing people at their worst. And, you know, I really got to, to love and thrive in that environment. My, my original goals, like I said, were law enforcement. So I was thinking, you know, I'd get involved with a policing agency. But, you know, during the time that I was at UHN, I really had a lot of growth personally as well. So yeah, I'd gotten married, uh, I started a family. And then I realized after four years of working nights that maybe law enforcement wasn't going to work for me because I, I couldn't be awake at night. It was just becoming really difficult. So I, I decided that, you know, I'm already in the security field. I had tried a couple of other things and I decided I was going to, you know, see where I could go, see what, see what I could do with the competencies that I had. So I, I took part in a, a program at University Health Network, which was the Emerging Leaders Program. 
So it, it's a program where they essentially they select around 50 people every year for this program. It's a 10 month program. It's for people who aren't in leadership roles, but they identify as, as those high potentials. And that was a, that was really a game changer for me as well. I, I learned a lot doing that program. My my director at the time, Todd Milne, was very supportive of that. And, and, and you know, as I did that, I, I got more involved with volunteering. I got involved with IHSS. And actually, I went to my first uh, Canadian Security Magazine event as a uh, I volunteered at a at, at the Career Expo. Uh, worked with, uh, with with yourself and Paul. Made a lot of phone calls trying to stir up interest for the event. And at that event, I made a lot of great connections, which led to a lot of great things in the future as well. Uh, you've also spent a lot of time teaching in, in uh, the college environment. Can you tell us a bit more about how you became interested in teaching and, and what you've learned through through those experiences yourself? Yeah, again, the um, the opportunity to teach was something that kind of fell in my lap, I guess, you know, being in the right place at the right time. So I'll go back to that, that career expo that I just referenced. I met Nancy Newton at that career expo. Uh, Nancy Newton used to be the program coordinator at Fleming College. Uh, she since passed away, but I, I had met her actually at that event. You know, we followed up later. And then, um, you know, you, you guys were kind enough to invite me to be on the advisory committee for the next Career Expo. And me and Nancy both coming from out of town, we were the first two there. So we were talking in the lobby while we were waiting for everyone else to arrive. And she was talking about a, a program at Fleming College. She was looking for someone to teach because of a, a mat leave that had come up. And she said, you know, you have that healthcare background. If you know anybody who would be interested, you know, feel free to send them my way. And I said, well, I'd be interested. And the conversation basically came down to, you know, you'd be willing to drive that distance to teach. And, and you know, my thinking was absolutely, again, I was really just kind of getting my feet wet. So I was volunteering for everything at that time. But teaching has been one of the most rewarding experiences I've done. I've gotten to know so many people, gotten to see so many students really grow in their careers. Uh, one of my students recently was just promoted to uh, client service manager at Paladin. And he was someone who I had stayed in touch with. His name is, uh, is Charles. He actually spoke at a focus on security event as well. He was on a panel with us. So he was just very recently promoted to a client service manager. So seeing those stories, he did his co-op with me as well. But you know, seeing how a lot of my students have just grown and they've stayed in touch over the years, that's been a really rewarding experience. And even though at times it's difficult to... Um, to make that sacrifice to to get out there and teach sometimes and you know with with all the traveling that's involved financially is not really it's not really lucrative for me i do it now because i love doing it and kind of to honor nancy's memory as well because she was very passionate about that program and you know had put the put the trust in me to be able to to educate that next group of security leaders so it's something i've really relished and again just led to other opportunities from from that one opportunity itself Maybe can we touch a bit about uh, your experience during the pandemic, um, teaching and, and professionally? Like, obviously, uh, with um, colleges not being open uh, or the campuses not being open for attendance in person, a lot of uh, this has moved online. Um, a lot of work has moved online. But what has your, been your experience during the pandemic? In the beginning of that, I was working for a guard company and had a lot of responsibility with healthcare facilities. So, you know, overnight. I had one client who overnight needed an additional 2,000 hours. Now, there was there was a lot of challenges with that. Um, you know, I I didn't number one I didn't have the those resources available, and then with you know just with the unknowns of the pandemic, a lot of people just didn't want to work. Uh, there was there were some allowances made in the beginning to where, where people could collect benefit from the government and stay at home. So a lot of people were you know not really understanding what was what the requirements were. Some people were just uh, choosing to stay at home and, and not work you know, until things kind of got flushed out um, from that perspective. But yeah, at, in the beginning, it looked, uh, there was a, I was doing a lot of traveling. There was a week where I did a lot of traveling between different sites. Uh, beyond that, I, I was working really long days, 
So again, working from home was something I had to adjust to because it, it's really, it's really easy to just not turn off. Like you can just keep going. And, you know, again, with this one client, I had such a great demand where we had to make sure ships were covered. I was, I remember I was spending a lot of time trying to talk people into just giving, giving these hospital shifts and off just to give it a chance, you know, work one shift. If you don't like it, you know, I'll, I won't call you again. So people would go in, they would find that the, the client that we were working with did a really good job of making sure that they had the uh, required PPE. They were training them. They, were, they, they weren't putting them at any risk. So I, I knew once people worked a shift that they would come back. So I ended up, uh, I, I would wait until a shift started a few hours in. I would call these individuals and, or text them and ask, hey, how's, how's the shift going? Do you want to come back? And when they realized, you know, when they realized that the, the hospital had their best interests at heart, uh, people were picking up those shifts. So it took a few weeks of that to get all of the positions covered. But again, a lot of late nights. As far as teaching, uh, I, had a, I had a great group of students who were really understanding. And, you know, I, I thank them for being understanding during that time because I essentially had to put their content online. We were, nobody was really using Zoom or all of these other platforms yet. So it was an adjustment for everyone. But I basically had to put their content online for them and say, hey, listen, if there's, if you need to reach out to me, you know, they had, they had my cell phone number, they had my email. Um, if there's anything that you need help with, uh, let me know. Otherwise, uh, you know, there wasn't really as much in-person in instruction going on, even virtually. Uh, it, was, it was really just letting them go through the content, uh, evaluating them uh, with the work that they were doing. But it was, it was a great group of students and they, they understood what was happening from my perspective. So they, they didn't make it difficult for me. So I, I, I'm appreciative of that. Um, and during the pandemic, you've also started uh, a new role at Omnigo. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing for that company? So... Omnigo is a product that we used at University Health Network. We started using it back in 2013. So again, at that point, I was a, I was a frontline officer. I, got, I had my first experience using the software then. I met the person who's my, my current boss now, Cheryl, Cheryl Stirring. She came to do our training. Um, she, I think from that at that point, I don't remember where she was coming in from at the US, but she came in to do our training. Uh, I met her there. And then when I was doing the Emerging Leaders Program, one of the things that I wanted to get comfortable with, I wanted to get the competency with, was public speaking. So again, Todd was super helpful during this time, Todd Milne. And when I had asked him if I could present at some of our staff meetings just to really, just to really develop a, a level of comfort speaking in front of people, he, let, he gave me the opportunity to do that. And of course, what I talked about was report exec because it was the thing I was most comfortable with at that point. And that's now the, um, the product line that I work with. I, I really... I share the information about that with uh, with our healthcare clients or prospective clients, uh, education clients, corporate clients. My job is basically to make sure that we're honest about what our software can do, and whether it's going to be a good solution for the the client that's coming in. Also, there's a there's a lot of other things that I I do around my role as well, uh, just in terms of again a lot of people arbitrarily because they know me and they now they see okay you work for Omnigo we're an Omnigo customer we're going to reach out directly to you <laughs> and and you know you're going to solve our problem so it's trying to navigate and learn some of the uh, some of the inner workings of the company and and putting the right people with the uh, with the right representatives some of the things of that nature so that's been fun and, and just learning new products learning the whole suite of Omnigo products has been a you know, it's been a great experience. I'm still, again, still learning, still in that engaged in that learning process, but really enjoying it. It's a completely different role than what I'm used to, but it's 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 been uh, it's been good. So, Brian, a lot of people who know you through the, through the security industry and through uh, your your career in healthcare, they know your association with um, IAHSS. Uh, you've been a part of that organization for a number of years now. You've risen through the ranks and got pretty senior in the executive. But can you tell us? Uh, about your experience uh, with that organization and what your plans are for the future? 
Yeah, uh, for sure. So the other thing, again, when I first got involved with IHSS, it was, again, because of an opportunity that I was given at University Health Network. Uh, Todd Milne had offered the, the basic training. So it's that's the Certified Healthcare Security Officer Training, or it's CHSO, uh, through IHSS to all of our staff. Now, I decided to take on this endeavor. What was involved at the time was reading a 400-plus page manual and then doing a 100-question exam. So, you know, I... I had put it off. I gave myself a two-week deadline, so I told Todd, "I am going to do it on this day," which I believe was December 13th. It was going into uh, going into the end of 2013. But I said, "I'm going to do it on this day." So you know, once I said it to him, I'm, I'm like, I, "I have to do it." Now, of course, being me, I put it off until the last minute, and I read all 441 pages in two days when I was uh, when I was off work, <laughs> and went in and did the exam. The funny thing was when I was doing the exam, I, I realized afterwards I actually ended up doing an American version of the exam because I remember there's questions I was reading and I remember I was sweating it out because I, I thought I was going to fail this exam. But I ended up uh, I ended up passing. I ended up uh, getting a pretty decent score on the exam. And right from there, there was a, a link when I passed the exam to, to learn more about IHSS. So I followed that link, signed up for a membership, and then just continued doing certifications, continued learning. Uh, took on more responsibility at work, so you know I could do those next level of uh, of certifications, and and then I got involved on a local level. So I again just through just through going to the first meeting I went to in in 2014, uh, I, I went to a meeting in 2014. I believe it was March, and it was held at um, held at CAMH. So I met a lot of individuals there who I'm you know I'm, I'm still uh, I'm still close with today. Uh, people like Brad Stewart, Martin Green, Paul Greenwood. Andrew Aris, uh, I met Noreen there for the first time as well. Uh, so I, uh, Scott Jupp was a, was another one, Ken Close, and you know a couple of those people I end up working for later. So uh, obviously it was a, I guess I made a good impression that day. But uh, from there, uh, I I started going to uh, regular meetings. I started just volunteering for things, and you know it was Martin Green who recommended I run for a local chapter position. So at that point, I decided, okay, I'll. I'll go, I'll go after the treasurer position. It was, it was, it was there. And, um, you know, Martin basically said, this is a position that a lot of people don't want to do because there's a lot of work involved with it. So you might be able to get it just by, just by running. You might have nobody run against you, which, which ended up being the case. So I did that for a couple of years, ended up uh, getting, getting uh, to be the, the chapter chair for Ontario, which again, another rewarding experience. And then I decided to uh, run for the board. And um, you know, running for the international board, um, I I ran I came up against Paul Sarnis running for uh, running for the member at large. So that first time I got on the ballot, I didn't win. The next year, I went right back at it. Uh, I I got a, I was able to get that member at large position. Uh, I got to know Paul Sarnis over that previous year, so he was able to bring me up to speed again. Another person who was who was really helpful when when I got into that position. Uh, and then uh, most recently, I was uh, I was able to be successful in my my pursuit of the president-elect role. So uh, spending this year as the president-elect, spend next year as the president of IHSS, and then the following year as the immediate past president. Uh, as far as the the future, you know, I don't know. I've, uh, everything that I kind of, a lot of things that I wanted to achieve, I, I got to a lot earlier than I expected. So I, I basically plan year by year now. So, you know, who, who knows what the future holds. I, I think I will always be involved with IHSS at some level. You know, I, I could do up to a seven-year term on the board. I don't know if I'll, I'll necessarily do that if I, if I would run for another position at that point, because, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I basically don't want to clog up the board. I want to make sure that we have, uh, we have good representation and, and good leadership. And there's so many good leaders in our association, but, you know, I'm going to stay as involved as I can for as long as I can is basically my plan in terms of IHSS. 
Um, and as if you're not busy enough, you've managed to launch not one, but, but two podcasts. Can you tell us a bit about how you became interested in podcasting and what, what that's meant for you in terms of getting, uh, uh, getting the message out about the importance of uh, security and healthcare and uh, some of the interesting guests you've had over the last year or so. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, in terms of the podcast, uh, for me, it's, it's kind of evolved into the resource that I wish I had when I was, you know, at the various levels of my career path. Uh, again, I just wanted to offer some free resources for people who are in the industry, either as, either as directors, managers, frontline officers, really anybody. I, I want to make sure that it's something that everybody can learn from. So that was kind of my my thought on it. And also it gave me an it gave me an opportunity to interview a lot of interesting people, a lot of knowledgeable people in our industry. So, you know, so I could learn as well. So that was the kind of the thinking behind it. I had suggested the idea a couple of years prior and it didn't really gain traction. So I just decided one day I was going to, I was going to do it myself. Essentially, you know, I'd done a little bit of research. I remember it was a Saturday night. I went on Amazon, ordered all the equipment I needed because on the Wednesday I was flying out to IHSS board meeting. So all of my equipment came by Tuesday, packed it up. And at those board meeting, again, I was there with seven other healthcare security leaders. So I figured I'm going to get, I'm going to interview a few of them here just to get started. I, I ended up doing my first three interviews there. And, um, and then, yeah, I just kind of kept going from there. I released the first episode on December 26th of 2019. And then I've done something basically every week since. So I released at least one episode on a weekly basis, interviewing a security leader. And then we, I've mixed it up by bringing in professional education topics, personal development topics, uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, and as far as interesting guests, there's been so many. Uh, I've been able to interview a lot of people who I've really looked up to and, and enjoyed listening to, to their teaching at different conferences. So, you know, Brian Warren being one of them. Um, and, and I'm coming up on episode 100, so I have something special planned for that. But episode 50, I was able to interview Russ Calling, who was the one of the founding members of IHSS, the first president. So that was a, that was a really cool interview to do. I've interviewed Paul Sarnis a, a couple of times. Uh, there's, and there's so many people I still want to get to. I, I have a list that I made of people I want to interview, and I've, I've gotten through a, a good chunk of it. But um, again, and just some of the topics we've covered are around, you know, we, I've had Nelson Price from Anchorage, Alaska, come on to talk about canines. Uh, we, we did some talks about COVID. And, you know, that was an interesting episode as well, because I remember when I was doing this interview, uh, the person I interviewed was Caroline Ramsey Hamilton. And she had mentioned some things like, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to run out of toilet paper. She mentioned a lot of things that happened. And I remember thinking at the time, like, okay, she's probably... She's probably uh, exaggerating a little bit, but you know, whatever. It's it's still good information. But she was bang on with a lot of things. So that looking back on that one, she made some of those predictions at the end of January that we still weren't ready for come March. So again, that's been a rewarding experience. I launched a second podcast with uh, with my buddy Mike Hodges, who was on episode three. We do a monthly episode of the Proactive Security Podcast where we talk specifically about workplace violence and and just all the different facets of that. So. Obviously, it's a hot topic in healthcare, so you know we we make sure that we hit on that every month. And then I'm actually uh, you, you wouldn't have known this, but I'm actually launching a third podcast. Uh, my wife and I are launching a third podcast, and this one's it's not related to security at all. It's just uh, we're just talking about all sorts of different issues, life issues, marriage, parenting, finances. Uh, our the first person we interviewed was actually Barbara Coloroso, with um, you know which was which was pretty huge for us. She's she teaches on parenting. She's been on Oprah. She's been on, you know, you know, um, CNN, all, all of these different, you know, big three-letter 
media network. So, you know, the fact that she was willing to do an interview with us was, was really, was, was a really cool thing. So that'll be coming in April, but yeah, a lot, lots going on. You just have to really make the time work. Wow. That's, uh, that's incredible. Um, a third podcast. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. And coming up to your hundredth episode for your original podcast. That's quite a milestone. Thank you. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I, again, one of those things that I started, didn't know where it would go. I just decided I was going to just keep putting out content and just see what happens with it. But it's been a, been very successful. So I'm happy with that. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, we wish you success in your career and your your association leadership on the podcast. Um, it's uh, I, I've known you for a number of years now. And you've always been very supportive of our publication and our events. So we appreciate that. And we wish you all the best for the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Neil. And, and thank you for the support over the years as well. Thank you to my guest, Brian Hamilton, and our podcast sponsor, Commissionaires. For more security-themed podcasts, please visit canadiansecuritymag.com. I'm Neil Sutton. Thanks for listening.